Psalm 63 is absolutely one of my, my favorite psalms. It's one that I think I mentioned it in my book is one that describes our attitude in prayer towards God, how we should come to God in prayer. And this particular psalm, in the very first verse, there's a note there that it was written while David was in the wilderness of Judah, while he was being pursued by Saul. And David wrote many psalms during this period in his life, and most of them <clears throat> most of them have to do with a desire for God to save him, because there are many who are pursuing, trying to take him, trying to kill him. And he's constantly seeking God for protection. But this psalm is a little different. In this psalm, he expresses his heart towards God. He comes to that point, which we would call the point of contemplation, in which he experiences the very presence of God. And in that presence of God, he finds comfort and he finds hope. So the very first section of this psalm, the first few verses of the psalm, deal with this expression of trust that he has in God, of hope and of comfort in God. And he begins this song, Oh God, you are my God. I realize I've called you God, but you are my God. Jesus said to Mary, I'm going to see my father and your father, my God and your God. And David writes, you are my God. It is you I seek. For my body yearns for you as my soul thirsts in a parched land, lifeless and without water. He is hiding from Saul in the deserts of Judea. Oh, my goodness gracious, they are a dry and barren place if you've traveled there, full of, of rocks and caves and very little life there. And so he understands what it's like to be parched with thirst, desiring water above all else. And he, David says, I desire you, my God, as a thirsty man longs for water. That use of a physical metaphor, we'll see that later in the psalm, in which David is able to express his desire for God with a physical metaphor, something that, that relates to his, his physical life. And David says, I look to you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory, for your love is better than life. My lips shall ever praise you. When Saul first began seeking David to, to kill him, David immediately fled where? To the tabernacle of God. He went to the tabernacle of God to seek God immediately upon his life being threatened. And now he says, I look to you in the sanctuary. I long to see your power and your glory. Then he says, your love is what I find. Your And your love better than life. There are people trying to kill David. David realizes if they kill me, it's okay because I've known the love of God and so my lips shall ever praise you. The psalmist goes on to describe what life is like for one who lives in God. And David says, I bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands, calling upon your name. My soul shall be saved as with choice food. 
With joyous lips my mouth shall praise you. Again, David turns to a physical metaphor that to the experience of praise of God, the experience of knowing God's presence in our lives is like having a wonderful banquet. It's about sitting at a table with wonderful food and being able to eat and, and be satisfied. That satisfaction that comes from having a wonderful meal like we we sit like we are at on thank on Thanksgiving. We have this great meal and we just feel so satisfied, perhaps sometimes too satisfied. But we have that sense of satisfaction that we have been filled with good food. And David says, that is what I feel when I praise you. I am satisfied deep in my soul as, as if I just eaten a choice banquet. And of course, we know what happens after th Thanksgiving dinner. We all take naps. And that's exactly what David talks about. I think of you upon my bed. As I lie down and rest, my thoughts turn to you. You indeed are my savior. And in the shadow of your wings, I shout for joy. An interesting metaphor here, the shadow of your wings. What is he talking about? Well, as some of you know, Cheryl and I have chickens. And our chickens, we don't have a rooster, so we don't have any chicks. We just have chickens. But there is a phenomena that the chickens do, that hens do, that when they feel like they're in danger, they gather all of their little chicks and they, they, they cover them with their wings. They kind of sit on them and, and cover them to protect them. Jesus uses this very metaphor himself. When he is looking over Jerusalem, before he enters into Jerusalem where he is going to be, He's going to experience his passion. Jesus says this. He says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, killing the prophets and stoning those who are sent to you. How often I would have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. But you would not. Jesus says, I, like a hen, would like to gather all of you together as, as a hen gathers her chicks to protect them. But you refused my protection, and you will reject me and crucify me. So in this moment, when our human lives are the most vulnerable, remember David is being pursued by Saul. As we lie on our bed at night, David says, I trust in you. My confidence is that you will protect me as a hen protects her chicks. I will hide under the shadow, be protected under the shadow. Of your wings. And then as the psalm comes to a close, David says, But those who seek my life, they will come to ruin. There's a little prophetic statement there because certainly David, Casal himself was killed in battle. It says, Those who seek my life will come to ruin and shall go down to the depths of the netherworld. Those who would hand me over my life. To the sword shall become the prey of jackals, but the king shall rejoice in God. David, at this point, prophetically seeing himself becoming king, he was already anointed to be king. He was waiting for that moment of kingship. And at some point he says, I will be king. The king and the king will rejoice in God. And all who swear by the Lord shall exult, but the mouth of liars shall be shut. The threats to the people of God will vanish. They'll be as if they were swallowed up by the earth. 
as Korah and his and his rebellion. And he says, and let's think back, the threats against the people of God, the Roman Empire. Where's the Roman Empire now? It has fallen away. Nobody knows where the Roman Empire is now, but the church still stands. Think of communism and how communism tried to destroy the church and to establish a reign of, of atheism throughout the world. But communism lasted barely a lifetime, 70 years, and it was gone. And the church still stands. Those who seek to destroy the people of God will vanish. They will pass away. But the church will still stand because Jesus promised the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And even now, as for those who seek to destroy the church, those who seek to malign the church, they will pass away. Their mouths will be shut. Because as I've said many times, and I promised I would say it again, our life in this world is not so much a conflict of good and evil as truth versus lies. And David writes, the mouth of the liars will be shut. Victory comes when all deception is destroyed, when the lies cease and truth reigns. And that's what we look for in this life, the reign of truth. For truth is God himself. Jesus said, I am the truth. And so when the mouth of the liars are, are shut and truth reigns and the king sings praise to God, then God reigns. And until the day that that comes true for all of the earth, it's still true in our hearts. And so as this psalm describes our attitude in prayer, where we begin longing for God, desiring God, and it ends with us praising God and being delivered from the deceptions of our enemies. Let us go to God now in prayer.